Welcome to the Grace Story Podcast, where inspiring stories are brought to life. This podcast is made possible by Grace College and Seminary, located on the shores of Winona Lake in the great state of Indiana. I'm your host, Dr. Drew Flam. This is the Grace Story Podcast. Today, our guest on the podcast is Dr. Kelly Manahan. Dr. Manahan, after graduating from Grace College, completed her doctorate in medicine at the Indiana University School of Medicine. Her postgraduate training included a residency in obstetrics and gynecology at the Medical College of Ohio, where she was named chief resident in 1988, and gynecologic oncology fellowship at the University of Michigan. Dr. Manahan has an extensive range of clinical experience and has held numerous prestigious professorships since completing her training. Alongside caring for patients and training new doctors, she has authored more than 70 peer-reviewed publications of original research and case studies, along with numerous review articles and book chapters. Oh, and did I mention she also achieved her MBA at the University of Georgia. Dr. Manahan and her husband, Dr. John Geisler, also founded MG Wellness to come alongside individuals and corporations and help them learn about healthy living to prevent disease rather than having to treat diseases caused by unhealthy living. Dr. Manahan and Dr. Geisler enjoy spending time with their three grown children, two beautiful granddaughters, and three rescue dogs. Dr. Manahan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Drew. I, uh, I think you win for um, having the most initials um, after your name, though I know that's not on your business card and not a big deal to you. But uh, uh, looking over the bio, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of initials. Uh, I don't know if I really want that known, but thanks. <laughs> yes. Well, many folks know you grew up at Grace College and Seminary. Your dad, uh, former president, Dr. Manahan, is beloved by all of us, um, uh, but not as many folks may know about your career in medicine. And so that's really where I want to focus today is in your expertise in medicine and talk about MG Wellness. And um, maybe even I will walk away with some uh, healthy lifestyle tips that I can utilize better than the chips I was eating last night at 10 p.m. We won't talk about that. Uh, we'll leave that out. So um, first, uh, let me just ask this backing up. Why medicine? Why oncology? How did you get into that field and why did you get into that field? So I went into college really not knowing what I wanted to do. And because I had a dad that was in higher education, he talked about medicine, law and engineering. And I kind of blindly um, chose medicine. I liked biology. And so I ended up in medicine. I had no idea what medical specialties were. I didn't know what residency was. I, I just didn't have any knowledge about it. But ultimately, I thought that delivering babies was pretty fun. It was pretty exciting. And so I chose obstetrics and gynecology. And um, then through that, I actually did rotations in GYN oncology, so women's cancer. And it was at that time in my residency that my own mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that, watching her walk through that journey and living as a family member going through that journey, the uncertainty, the waiting, the treatment, um, even going back for 
revisits, the anxiety associated with that really had a profound impact on me. And then I learned to love the patients of GYN Oncology. Um, they are an incredible group of people. Um, I don't know how God does that, but I don't know if it's the cancer journey, if it is the women that he has chosen to go through that journey, but they are amazing. And so through that process of my own mom's experience and my rotations of loving, caring for these patients, that's how I chose GYN Oncology. I love the surgery piece of it. Surgery is um, something that I enjoy doing, um, but it is really that connection with the patient, with their families. Um, we always, my husband and I always say, we treat patients from diagnosis to cure or diagnosis to death. We really enjoy that whole journey with them. So that's how I got into oncology. I've met a few of your patients um, and they quickly give you credit for even saving their lives, um, which is amazing. You talked about that uh, patient care piece. I, and, and tell me a little bit more of like practically, what does that look like? And how do you, um, without maybe even saying the words, uh, God or Jesus, um, show and share the love of Christ in your interaction with with patients? You know, it's actually pretty easy, um, to be quite honest, because when any of us as humans are pushed into an uncomfortable, scary, frightening space, God then becomes, even if you're a person that doesn't have a faith, God, whatever that means to you, becomes something really important. And so speaking about the Lord, speaking about the fact that this isn't a surprise to him, speaking about the fact that he is going before that patient, that family, he has a plan. I don't understand the plan. Sometimes I don't like the plan. Um, I share that, that, the anxiety, the frustration with patients. Um, but God becomes really important in our conversation. Um, my husband actually has taught me quite a bit about this throughout our career. Um, <clears throat> my husband was raised in um, a very devout Catholic environment. And the personal relationship with Christ was something that he learned about um, probably about 20 years ago now. And that really transformed how he would talk to patients. Um, and he was incredibly and is incredibly bold in talking with patients about the Lord. Um, so I've learned a lot from him in that. And that conversation just naturally flows now because God really is in charge of the entire thing. We can't control any of it. And, um, and at the end of these struggles in these frightening times, he is a God who loves us and wants his best plan for us. Um, so those conversations are very um, every day. We do that every day. Wow. What a, 
I feel like uh, there should be a book and you should write a theology of cancer or something, you know, like um, just amazing the opportunities you have because people are in crisis. Yes. Um, you uh, you more recently have made a, a shift in your journey. And uh, I'm interested just to hear the beginnings of MG Wellness. You decided to, to take uh, what you have learned over many years and begin applying it to a broader audience. Um, tell us the story of, you know, why two successful doctors with lots of initials after their names um, decide to venture out on this journey of starting their own company. So almost two years ago, <clears throat> to be quite honest, John and I were all kinds of unhealthy, personally. Um, doctors tend to be the absolute worst patients in the world and never go to the doctor and, you know, all that kind of crazy stuff. So we were not only gaining more pounds every year, but we were on more medications every year. We were feeling more and more terrible, having difficulty getting up out of bed in the morning, aching all the time, taking Tylenol and ibuprofen like it was a full-time job. And um, we just hit a point where I said, we have got to do something. And so it was New Year's Eve of 2018. <clears throat> and I just said, we're going to, we're going to change. And so we started on a project. I have to stop you. Did you still pig out on New Year's Eve and start the next day? Cause that's usually what I do. Like I am going to start tomorrow. <laughs> yes, you are correct. We did enjoy New Year's Eve. Okay, good. All but right. the day, yes, we did um, start on that journey. And so we, we started on a nutrition plan that was really about plant-based protein. And it was really a program that addressed gut health. And to be quite honest, we knew very little about it. We were kind of starting blindly. And I'm sure many of you will say, are you kidding me? Two doctors starting blindly about nutrition. Well, this is the reality in medical school. I can probably remember about two hours of education about nutrition. And, and that is true to this day. It might be up to four hours. Um, it is all about the food pyramid that tends to be very outdated and wrong and a lot of the information that it shares. And um, it is not um, scientifically based discussion about nutrition. And so um, we got into this nutrition program and about 14 days in, oh my goodness, we all of a sudden felt so much better. Well, fast forward, John has lost about 65 or 70 pounds. He is down 17 pills every day. Um, not down to 17 pills. 17 pills have been removed from his daily regimen. Um, I am off all medications. Um, I was on two blood pressure medications. I'm off of those. Um, we don't take Tylenol and ibuprofen every day. We only take it if needed, which is, I don't know, maybe once a month. Um, and so through that process, we then began doing all kinds of research on plant-based nutrition. What's the real evidence um, about how nutrition either makes us healthy 
or causes chronic disease. What is in our food in the United States largely is the very center of what is causing chronic disease. What do I mean by chronic disease? I mean things like obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, even Alzheimer's, ADHD. All of these things can commonly be traced to things that are in our food. So through the first half of 2019, we were doing all of this research and it was changing our lives and it was changing how we were talking to our patients. So then we were looking for, are there doctors out there who are talking about this, um, about plant-based nutrition, about decreasing chronic disease? And there are some physicians, a couple of them that are talking about it. Mark Hyman, um, Stephen Gundry, um, and there are things that we agree with them on and things that we probably disagree with them on, but they're talking about it. But really, there are so few physicians who are talking about this kind of thing. So in May of 2019 is when we started MG Wellness. And we really started it to be kind of um, a site that in social media that would provide information about decreasing risk for chronic disease. Could you change your diet and decrease your risk for high blood pressure? Could you change your diet and decrease your risk for cancer? Um, and the answers are yes to all of those things. And there's more and more evidence for that. So that is how MG Wellness started in May of 2019. So you, uh, you, you started your journey. And if uh, I remember correctly, the focus um, originally was more on individuals, um, but you've made a shift into to more corporate environment where you can reach more folks. Um, and uh, so I want to talk about just what, what who is your target target audience and how are your services um, delivered? And then I want to get into more practical like, hey, what should I be eating and doing every day um, besides chips at 10 o'clock at night. But so tell us a little bit about the journey of kind of how you've landed on your, your target audience. So initially we started to focus on individuals, um, perhaps patients, perhaps people that we had never met, um, talking to individuals through um, daily social media posts, through weekly um, live, Ask a Doctor Live is what we call them. And that's every Wednesday night we were having those. In fact, we have a, a relaunch of our Ask a Doctor Live this Wednesday. Um, and so we really focused on the individual. About six months into our journey, we talked to uh, a, actually a husband of a patient of, of John's, who is in the corporate world, <clears throat> very high up in a large corporation. And he said, I really believe that because of your expertise in cancer and because of your focus on wellness, health, nutrition, and wellness, that this is something that should be brought to corporate America, to the workplace, to the marketplace, because there is nothing that is addressing cancer care in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. 
There are companies that are focusing on um, the billing side of things. There are companies that are focusing on um, how to get patients second opinions if they want it. Um, and there are links to the National Cancer Institute, so you can read more about your cancer diagnosis. But if someone is working in corporate America, receives a diagnosis of cancer, and then reaches out to their health and benefits people and says, what do we have available? Often the answer is, well, we'll pay for your travel to get a second opinion and for a night in a hotel. And that's awesome because that's more than it used to be, but that's really not the kind of help that someone in the marketplace really, really needs. At the same time that an employee has all of these stresses that are surrounding them when they get a diagnosis of cancer, the employer is struggling massively in today's world because cancer care, the cost of it is skyrocketing. So the statistics currently show that about 25 cents of every dollar that a corporation spends on healthcare, 25 cents of every dollar is spent on cancer care. That's direct cost and indirect cost. So direct cost is someone gets a cancer diagnosis, they go and get chemotherapy. That's a direct cost. An indirect cost would be something like their caregiver is working for another corporation and that caregiver to leave early, take a day off to take care of that loved one who has a cancer. Or I have a cancer diagnosis, I'm working in corporate America and I am freaking out about my diagnosis. And so when I'm at work, I'm looking up things about my cancer diagnosis and my, my focus on my job is now gone. Um, so there's nothing to help those corporations. And so we at MG Wellness have designed an active disease management program for employers to provide their employees who are walking through a cancer diagnosis. That involves not only a course, an online course that is immediately and always available to any employee or their insured family members to walk them through their cancer journey, but it also involves live question and answer sessions with us. And then at the highest level of interaction with MG Wellness, it involves daily individual access to us. So let's say somebody's at work and they've had chemotherapy about three days later, they're back at work and they don't feel very good. They're nauseated, they're having side effects from their chemotherapy. We would work with that employee to get them the medications that they need to fight those side effects so that they can remain active at work and avoid visits to the urgent care, unnecessary admissions to the hospital, those kinds of things. And we work alongside their oncologist. We don't replace their oncologist, but we work with them and communicate with them. There is nothing like that in the marketplace. 
right before the pandemic, we were in front of a lot of large corporations, um, Walmart, AstraZeneca, EY, um, Nationwide, Edward Jones, um, those companies we were beginning to have conversations with. Then COVID hit, right? Isn't that what we all say in 2020? Yes. And so COVID hit and obviously corporations were very, very focused on the pandemic and surviving that. So we kind of quieted for a bit, stepped back for a little bit, and now we are re-engaging with those corporations again and having great conversations about how to work together to provide much needed transformation of cancer care in the marketplace. You talked about the active case, you know, when, when a patient has a diagnosis and uh, needs someone to walk, walk alongside of them. And again, you're providing almost a la carte service, you know, uh, everything they need. What about the preventative side of things? Um, how is MG Wellness working um, to help us not get to that point where we have a cancer diagnosis or a less percentage of it? Because we certainly know um, employers spend an extraordinary amount on um, care and cancer care specifically. And then, like you said, um, you don't feel well, so you, you, you don't, well, you don't, aren't doing your best. And, and a lot of that can be tied back to our nutrition. So what does that look like on the preventative side? So I'm going to give an example of a discussion that we're in right now with actually a firefighter union. So firefighters happen to be at extraordinarily increased risk for cancer and heart disease and lung disease. Um, because of the toxins that they're exposed to all of the time. And for those firefighters, not only is it important that we address the cancer care, but preventative sides of things are really, really, really important. So this online course that we have for cancer patients has a module within it about the radical change of nutrition that leads to prevention as well as decreased risk of recurrence of a cancer. Um, so not only have we posted things on our social media, Instagram and Facebook about prevention, about good things to put in your diet that are cancer fighting, heart disease fighting, anti high blood pressure, um, that feed your brain, uh, decrease the risk of Alzheimer's. Um, but we also include that in our online materials for corporations as well. Um, one of the things that we've talked with firefighters about is the fact that um, they, a lot of times they smoke or they chew tobacco or things like that. And what happens is for firefighters, if they choose to smoke or if they choose to chew tobacco, um, and they get a cancer diagnosis, they have to pay for that themselves. Um, there's no workers comp, there's nothing like that because they've chosen to expose their own bodies to a risk where workers comp will say, nope, uh, you know, we're not gonna pay for that. So decreasing smoking, 
decreasing chewing tobacco for those firefighters is very important. We've already talked with them about ways that you can do that. Now, it's kind of funny because one of the most successful things is acupuncture. And if you talk to firefighters about acupuncture, that's kind of a little bit foo-foo for them. And so we have funny conversations about that. Um, and we laugh, but it's so successful in helping firefighters get rid of habits like that that can be very detrimental. We've also talked a lot about nutrition with them, plant-based nutrition. Now, let me explain what plant-based nutrition is. I when I first heard that, I was like, oh my word, am I going to have to just chew on raw kale for the rest of my life? Um, that is not the reality. Um, actually, plant-based nutrition is amazing and you can make it tasty. Um, and you actually, over time, change your desire for food. So Drew likes to talk about having potato chips. Um, if you put a potato, the potato is plant-based, right? I mean, ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but of course it's, you know, fried and such, <laughs> but, uh, plants, if you eat them in a healthy way, then unhealthy forms of them become not so tasty anymore. And you don't, maybe you have one, but then you say, oh, that wasn't really worth it. Um, and so then you, your body begins to desire those healthier foods. Um, so there is tons on prevention that we are doing through that individual conversation. Um, we have about, um, 1500 followers on our, uh, MG wellness Facebook page, and we have about a thousand on our Instagram and we get questions back and forth frequently, multiple times a week from people who are looking at those posts and saying, okay, I have a question about preparing this type of food or what's a good replacement for white rice or is peanut butter okay? Do I have to have the almond butter where it's an oil slick on top and thick on the bottom? You know, just lots of different things like that that you can easily incorporate into your life to change your risk profile for lots of chronic diseases. Um, so first of all, I have an idea for you. I think you should reframe acupuncture as like getting a tattoo, right? It's, it's kind of like getting a tattoo and maybe, maybe that can uh, change up the, the perception a little bit. Uh, so um, I, I want to get practical and you, and you can help me a little bit with the potato chip thing. But interestingly, I, all my kids are gluten-free, um, soy-free, um, and, and when I eat like them... I feel better. I can't really explain to you why. Dairy-free, they, they're dairy-free as well. So um, tell me, you know, plant-based diet. I don't know if you're, do you mean vegan? Do you mean vegetarian? I mean, what does this look like on a daily bit basis? Tell me what you had, what did you eat yesterday? Okay. So I'll tell you exactly what I had. So we do every morning, Actually, we do intermittent fasting. So let me talk about that for a little bit. So intermittent fasting means um, that 12 to 14 hours of each day, we don't have any food um, during that time. We have hydration, 
but we don't have any food during that time. <clears throat> that has been shown to allow your body to absorb the good nutrients that you're giving it um, and allow your body to rest after digesting all of that. Um, one of the things we do in the United States is we eat late and then we get up early and we eat donuts. And that is absolutely horrible for risk of chronic disease. So we, about 10 o'clock every day, we have a plant-based protein shake. So we use plant-based protein powder and I put nuts of some sort in them. I use almond milk or coconut milk or cashew milk. You can use oat milk, pea protein milk. There's all different types of um, dairy free milk substitutes. Um, and then about four hours later, we have another plant-based protein shake for our lunch. Um, we use daily probiotics. Um, we put greens in our shakes as well, and you don't taste them. You don't taste them. I always thought people did taste greens like spinach or whatever, or are you using some type of powder? I use a powder, but most people will use a spinach or a kale. But I use a powder that actually, um, it's called Greens Balance, and it literally represents the full rainbow of nutrition. Um, all of the different um, fruits and vegetables from which we get our best nutrients. And it's just that they're dehydrated and put into a powder form. So I add that to every shake. And we notice that we don't use that greens balance. Um, we have more aching in our joints. If we use it every day, it really decreases the achiness. And as we all age, I mean, that's just a thing. Um, and then for dinner, we will choose, and we I don't cook a lot. So, I, you know, it, it, dinner is a big deal because we go out. And we will choose a cold water, wild caught fish often. And then we will order a bunch of vegetable sides. So we might get a salad um, with vinegar and oil as the dressing. Um, but then lots and lots of restaurants are now coming up with more sides, whether it's Brussels sprouts or asparagus or broccoli or cauliflower, whatever that is. And we will get several of those and share those. So um, that is what a plant-based protein diet looks like for me on a daily basis. And I've been doing this for almost two years. It is doable. It's convenient. It makes you feel better. Um, I've probably lost 25 pounds myself just from eating healthier, doing that intermittent fasting. Um, now we do cook at home and I'll tell you, I never thought that I could go dairy free, never thought it in the world. I had no idea that you can make cheese substitutes out of nuts and that they can actually taste good. So I, I have been known to recently make, um, cheese substitutes out of nuts, um, but you can also buy them at the store. You have to be careful which ones you buy because some of them have some preservatives that are not good for you. But um, there are so many great substitutes that are becoming available in lots of stores. Um, 
small towns, big towns, little grocery stores are coming up with these substitutes as well. And there's always Amazon. You can order lots and lots of things uh, from Amazon that are really, really healthy. So that's how I live my daily life. So uh, you're eating from 10 to say seven o'clock at night-ish? Yes. And then, and then nothing else for the rest of the evening until 10 o'clock the next morning. That's correct. You give, yeah. your, give your body 12 to 15 hours to sort of rest from food. Yes. Um, the 12 hours is kind of the minimum amount of intermittent fasting that's been shown to be helpful. 16 hours is the, the amount that's been shown to be the most helpful. So we try to get in between that 12 to 16 hours of intermittent fasting every day. I also noticed you, uh, before we started this call, you had a fancy drink with you. Yes, I do. I ask you about it, but I'm assuming that that is not Southern sweet tea. That is not sweet tea. Okay. <laughs> um, a couple of things together. It is a caffeine drink, but let me just say this. It is naturally sourced caffeine and it's a small amount of caffeine. It has about the amount of caffeine and it is about half of one cup of coffee. And then it has my probiotic powder with prebiotics, which is really important. There's a difference between pro and pre? Well, you've got to have pre to have good pro. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So um, it also has my daily elderberry. We take that sometimes at our house. My wife's got some elderberry syrup. In, hey. in this pandemic world, elderberry is really important. Really? Okay. We're going to get to the pandemic COVID thing here in a second. So, okay. Yeah. So you um, make, this is a mixed, this is a mixed drink. This is a grace approved mixed drink that you've put. Yes. Yeah, clean. Mixed <laughs> drink. This, this is good nutrition. So yeah. it also has vitamin uh, B, uh, 12 and chromium that are, that help our brains focus, um, and help us have alertness. And so I have that every morning. Okay. Um, all right. I do want to touch a little bit on, um, COVID and the pandemic and then, and then make sure people know where they can find you. But, um, you know, I'm sure you have done some research on, on COVID and what it is and how it spreads and, and uh, not interested in getting into the political side of things, but but more the again preventative. So you know what are things we can be doing? And maybe you would just say do all the stuff I just told you. But is there anything specifically related to COVID that we can do to to better help protect ourselves, our family um, during these times? So first, changing what you put right here in your mouth to eat is the most important thing. One of the things we've learned through the COVID pandemic is that those people who have chronic diseases are at an increased risk for not only COVID infection, but for hospitalization and ultimately death. And the number one chronic disease uh, that we're talking about is obesity. Obesity in the United States has been something that has um, been severely affected by COVID. P patients or people who have obesity have had much more likely COVID infection, COVID hospitalization, and death. So 
changing how we feed our bodies and returning to really God's creation. That's really what it's about. Um, you know, your, your market fresh fruits and vegetables are going to win the day over a box, a bag, or a can in the middle of the grocery store that has preservatives in it that it, that are put in there to allow it to sit on the shelf for months and months and months on end. Uh, John and I always say, if your food doesn't rot, there's a problem with it. it it's got to rot. And so, and I've been guilty. Good goodness, when we were raising our kids, I was guilty of buying them things that never would rot. You could have them for lunch this year. You could have them for lunch next year. Um, and so changing how we feed our bodies is really, really important. Number two, elderberry and echinacea have actually been shown, not with the coronavirus, but with viruses in general, to decrease the um, infection rate as well as the length of illness. Now I'm gonna give you an example. John and I take elderberry and echinacea every day. And we have throughout this entire pandemic, we have had multiple exposures to people who are infected with COVID. We have not been infected with COVID. Now, I know that's a study of two. I'm a scientist. I know that that is not uh, applicable to everybody in the world. But what I am saying is it is possible to have people who have COVID in your home and still be healthy and able to fight off the infection. The other thing that is really, really important is if you are in an environment where you may be around somebody who has COVID, um, washing your hands and not um, using dirty hands to touch your eyes or your nose or your mouth. Really hugely important. Um, can I bring my uh, five-year-old on uh, the podcast so you can tell him this fact? Because it uh, doesn't matter how many times I say this, stop touching your face. It, uh, it keeps touching yeah. it anyways. I, uh, anyways, yes, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's good. and, you know, for little kids, we do this with our granddaughter. Um, if you can get like uh, fun smelling kid friendly san hand sanitizer, if you can't get them to wash their hands and can't get them to keep them clean, which you can't, at least using that decreases something. It's sure. not washing hands, but but it definitely decreases viral load. This has really been um, good to think about, I'm going to replace the, the chips tonight. No, well, I, you know, I've done the intermittent fasting thing some, and, um, you know, for, for me, uh, this all makes sense. Like, it's kind of like, of course, right? Like, um, non-processed food, fruits and vegetables, um, it, having that as the predominant base of your diet, it's going to be good for you. Drink more water, drink less coffee, you know, um, intermittent fasting, it all makes sense. The hard part is the discipline to do it. And, uh, and that's where you guys come in too, just to, to be able to provide that accountability in a sense. Yes. Um, I think 
it's great to have conversation like that in front of us on a daily basis to encourage us in that journey. You know, the other thing that's happened to us is when we go off the plan, we feel terrible. We feel terrible in about 48 hours. We go back to feeling exactly like we did before. Um, and so removing those processed foods, removing high fructose corn syrup, removing dairy, um, and there are ways to remove these things from your diet and find really yummy substitutes. I never thought it was possible. That's the thing. You can't just say to people, don't have this. You have to provide the alternative. Okay, what's my alternative? Mm -hmm. If, you know, one of my loves in life is um, chips and salsa. And so I was like, well, how in the world am I going to survive if I can't have chips and salsa? Well, there are healthy versions of chips. So replace your potato chips with siete chips that are made out of non-inflammatory flour. Um, and, or you can uh, use uh, beanitos. They're made out of black beans and they're good. They have crunch and you can make healthy salsa that doesn't have sugar and high fructose corn syrup added to it. You can have all the guacamole you want in the world. So there are healthy substitutes. And that, that's how to engage people in the process is not by saying you can't have this, but it's saying this isn't good for you, but here's an option that's good for you. Mm. And it's fun and tastes good. Yep. Yep. I keep thinking too, uh, our family goes to Alpha Dining every week for um, dinner. We haven't obviously during the pandemic period. Um, and you have choices. And even in a place like that, you know, there is a beautiful salad bar. It's got a lot more options than my fridge does. Um, and the, the fruit bar has a lot more options than, so even college students who might be listening, there are choices that uh, you can make. Um, and and there is, there's vinegar and oil that you can choose over the Ranch dressing, um, there are options in it. It's, it's about choosing those wide, wise options. So thank you for taking the time to talk about uh, your journey of getting to where you have, uh, about your focus, about the, I, I even love how you've brought in the biblical concepts around what you're doing and why you're doing and, and how it fits with who we are as believers in Christ. Um, so thank you so much. How can people find you if they want to learn more, if they want to listen to and ask the doctor and how do they get engaged with MG Wellness? So we have MG Wellness Facebook page. You just get on there, like it, um, and you'll get notifications about Ask a Doctors and you'll see posts and all of that. We also have an uh, Instagram account called MG Wellness One and get on there, like that, follow it. Um, and then we also are on LinkedIn, um, for any of you in the corporate world that want to know more about the active disease management program for cancer in your workplace, um, please connect with us there. Um, we would love to talk with you more about what's available. Good. Well, thank you, Kelly, for, um, being a part of the conversation and thank you to, uh, You've been such a blessing to our institution in so many ways. Um, you've brought us great information, but even when I think about the Science Center and I think about 
Um, I've sent people your way, students your way, um, who have been interested in the field of medicine. So thank you for the time, talent, everything that you've provided for Grace and just giving us even more information today. And appreciate you so much, Dr. Manhan. Thanks so much, Drew. I really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Grace Story podcast today. If you would, please go on and like, rate, and share this podcast from wherever you received it from. Thank you to our co-producers, Rick Neer and Andrew Palladino for their work putting this together and to Dr. Wally Brath for providing the music on this podcast. And until next time, live your best grace story today.